This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Broman, opening week in baseball. It makes me so happy we have baseball back. And I know it's exhibition. We're starting up on Friday, but that legitimately got me in a great mood. Drew and Julie talk about the Rockies' rotation and opening night starter, Herman Marquez. He's got an overpowering fastball, 97-98. He's got a wipeout slider. Throws a curveball. He's added a changeup now. And Rockies manager Bud Black joins Drew and says the club is ready. I've been really impressed with the position players' readiness. Physical state, their mental state, how in great shape and baseball ready they are. Really excited about that. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Well, we stuck our toes in the water last week and Julie and I reunited and it felt so good, like peaches and herb in the 70s. Um, but we, you know, we took our toes out of the water, and so we're back apart this week, 20 miles separating us. Welcome, everybody, to show number 54, the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Uh, how are you? I am really good, and I'll tell you the reason I'm doing so good is that I turn on um, MLB Network tonight, and I'm watching the Rockies game, the exhibition game, and I got to tell you, Drew, it makes me so happy to see baseball, like all this stuff that we talked about, like, you know, uh, no fans, which one day, you know, hopefully there'll be fans, but the pumped in noise, it like all went away. When I saw baseball, all that doesn't really matter so much, right? We have baseball back and I know it's exhibition. We're starting up on Friday, but that legitimately got me in a great mood. Yeah. I'm sitting here in my house in my, in my office and I'm watching it. Um, no sound on. And, um, I, I, I wish I was there. Uh, but it's pretty it is really cool. And it's yeah, it's going to be different. We'll talk all about that. And we talked at nauseum about subjects similar to that uh, over the last three months. But I'm with you, man. It is really neat to, you know, see big league baseball and know that it's going to count. Right. Right. And it, I know that it's starting up on Friday. So you have to be pumped. You know, I mean, I know this has been a tough time for us all and, and especially for you. But I mean, you're going to be calling a game on Friday with Armand Marquez on the mound as the opening day starter, which that's how I kind of want to start this is what do you think about that choice? I don't, I don't think it's a surprise, right? You know, Julie, I don't think that was a big surprise. I mean, you knew it in spring training, quite frankly, you knew it last year. John Gray had a really good year. Um, Herman was solid. He had to be shut down uh, the final month of the season with a little bit of, you know, of a tired arm plus the Rockies were out of it. So why, uh, you know, he goes out there every fifth day. There was no reason to put more um, stress on his body. But Herman Marquez, and you and I have chatted about this uh, on previous podcasts, he has the makeup and the stuff to truly be a number one. And there aren't, a, there aren't many of those guys you can say that about. Um, he is, he's, you know, he's got an overpowering fastball, 97, 98. He's got a wipeout slider, throws a curveball. He's added a changeup now. Um, and, he, and he's, as Buddy likes to say, and speaking of Buddy, he'll be our guest a little bit later on in the show. Uh, he is made of the right stuff. He wants to be great. Uh, he wants to pitch opening days. He wants the baseball in tough environments, in big moments. And and so uh, I, I think that this is a, an obvious choice and a great choice. Do you think that this year, I'm going to take all the COVID stuff away and all the weirdness away. Is this a year that the Rockies were looking to Marquez for his breakout year? That this is the year. Um, I I would I would think he's ready for that. I hadn't really 
thought of it in those terms. And I don't know if if anybody will look at these 60 game stretch and say, oh, that was his breakout year because it's still, you know, basically a third of the season. He but, does great. Uh, they will. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. You know, listen, if, if a guy goes, you know, eight and two this year with a with a 180 ERA and in, in the past he had been solid, you, you may be able to point to it and say, yep, that was his breakout year. Uh, but yes, he, he's in his mid 20s. He has major league experience. The last few years, he's among the you know National League leaders in strikeouts and innings pitched. And in some of the metrics that front offices look at um, when they when they term somebody uh, you know a bulldog, uh, an innings eater, uh, a front of the line type of a front of the rotation type of guy, he he fits the bill. So um, yeah, he's uh, th- this could be a part of his breakout process is here without question. So after Marquez, John Gray will get the ball, then Kyle Freeland, then if I'm Antonio Sensatella, and that fifth starter is still up for grabs, correct? Yeah, they don't need one, Julie. The way the schedule uh, plays out, and you and I discussed it last week, in the first week they have two days off, and then they're going to play 33 out of 34 days. So the first time through the rotation, you can go with a four-man rotation. Um, my, I, I felt all along would probably be Chichi Gonzalez, and I know Chichi's pitching tonight as we tape on a Tuesday night. Um, and Sensatella, you know, through yesterday, so or he's going to throw Wednesday, excuse me. So he's in line to to start that game in Oakland on Tuesday. Um, I, my my gut tells me it's going to be Chichi Gonzalez. I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about. Um offense. I want to talk about the lineup. However, I do know that we want to give kudos to the Rockies for um, a reason that I think we really should should hand to, to say uh, to give them kudos for. And you can kind of expand on that before we get to the lineup. Yeah, listen, the, these have been, <laughs> we need not tell you how difficult a period of time this has been for so many people. And, and you know, unemployment the way it is and, and businesses being so adversely affected. And you've even read about, you know, a multitude of teams across uh, not just baseball, but, uh, you know, basketball and hockey. And we're going to see what happens with the NFL where they've had to furlough uh, employees. They've had to let people go. Um, there were some clubs that, that didn't, you know, weren't paying their minor leaguers in full. And kind of flying maybe beneath the radar in this, one of the few teams to not furlough anybody, not to lay anybody off, and to pay all their minor leaguers in full, their coaching staff in full, all their employees in full, the Colorado Rockies. So, I mean, big hats off to Dick Monfort. And, you know, when you're an owner or you're a GM, you're always going to catch flack when things don't go well. um, You're you're a lightning rod for criticism, especially in this era of social media. Uh, But Dick Monfort is as loyal as anybody I know, and he has taken care of his employees. And I'm not, I am not an employee of the Rockies, so I want to point that out so it doesn't sound like, um, oh, I'm just saying that because I'm, uh, you know, I I work for the Rockies. I, I work, I'm an independent contractor. So, uh, I, I just wanted to point that out. Also, I want to point something else out since the game's going on in the background. Charlie Blackman, who everybody was worried about getting ready to go because he, he missed some time with COVID. Um, his first two spring games or summer games, he hit home runs. Tonight, he just singled. And Nolan Arenado, who hit a home run like twice a day back in Colorado, 
Uh, he just hit a two-run home run. Uh, oh, there we go. So that'll lead us into our next topic of the lineup and what kind of offense we can expect. We're going to talk about pitching for days, which is what we always do if you're a Rockies fan or Rockies broadcaster. But let's talk a little bit about what we're going to see this season, the lineup so far. I, I love this lineup. And Daniel Murphy's first time up, he hit a home run and, and he's going to bat, um, you know, fifth or sixth in the lineup. Think about it this way. Remember a few years ago, Julie, when Charlie Blackman was such a unique leadoff hitter and that he could hit it over the wall or he reached base and he was on second. Next time you looked, he stole 43 bases a few years ago. He doesn't run anymore. Just a couple stolen bases last year. So Buddy has slid him into the three spot. But lo and behold, they have a very similar cat who's younger, who hits the ball over the wall, but runs really, really well still. And that's David Dahl. So Dahl will lead off. Then you have Story, who can fly and also hit it over the wall. Then you have Blackman. Then you have Arenado. Then you have, you know, Murphy, who's a, you know, a consummate professional hitter. Uh, Ryan McMahon, we've spent so much time talking about how he's ready to, stealing your phrase, break out and, and become, you know, a, a star-level player. I really believe that. He hit 24 home runs last year. He's still figuring it out. Great athlete. You have tonight, you had Rymel Tapia DHing batting seventh. You had Sam Hilliard playing left field batting eight. Hilliard's a guy who runs exceptionally well and hits the ball over the fence. He's batting eighth. And then your catcher is going to bat ninth. So I, I think they have a tremendously deep lineup. And let me add this I mean, you have Hampson coming off the bench who can fly. Chris Owens, a veteran guy who's a super utility guy like Hampson. And Matt Kemp, who they picked up, who how is Matt Kemp done? He's done really well. Hit a home run the other day. Uh, I think it was against uh, it was against Sensatella. I forget who he hit it against. And you know he's been throwing out you know multiple hits. I saw him the other night have a couple of hits uh, when I was down there. He he has a lot to prove. He still wants to show that he's uh, he's an elite hitter. He, last year was a tough year for him. He was beat up a little bit. A couple different organizations. Bad year. Two years ago, he was an all-star. So um, talking about Daniel Murphy, I think if um, I think he's going to be an intriguing person to watch this year. I'm not saying the Rockies are going to go as Daniel Murphy goes. That's that's not the truth. But I do think he can greatly enhance the team's success. Daniel Murphy is one of those guys who roll out of bed. I said this uh, with with Huey last week. He's going to he could roll out of bed when he's 80 years old and he'll be able to hit. Last year. He was adversely affected by breaking his finger in game two. He, he tried to come back, you know, before it was completely healed. I mean, he couldn't even bend his finger. It affected him. This guy's a great hitter. Um, he also has something to prove for two reasons. One, he's a very prideful guy. He's always hit. And it's it's a contract year, which is a, even, you know, a, additional motivation for him. So I expect him to have a very good 60 game stretch. So you have no problem with moving Charlie out of the leadoff spot? Nope. Nope. Because they have a they have a replacement that makes, you know, a ton of sense in David Dahl. Okay. The key with Kate, with David Dahl, I hate to I don't want to be negative Nancy. Gosh darn it. This is not a negative podcast. Staying healthy, correct? He's only got he's only got sixty games to do it. Yeah, and and if you want to irritate the ticket the you know the piss out of him, go mention uh that that's what he because he's tired of it. Um, you know, it's not like he he's pulled muscles left and right, and he you know it's 
he's a guy that's had, you know, an unfortunate string of, of weird injuries going back to the minor leagues. He had the collision and he, and he lost his spleen. Uh, he had the back injury a couple of years ago. So he's due. So we're going to talk to, as you mentioned, you had a chance to sit down with Buddy Black to talk about the season opening in just a couple of days. But first, before we do that, I want to talk about one of our premier and original sponsors. Of course, we're talking about Boyer's Coffee. They are so into the community. They have been here for so long. They love the chance to get to know us. They love the chance to get to know their customers, and they want to hear the stories that involve their coffee. So it might have been a conversation with a good friend of yours. You know, you and I, Drew, we go to we used to go to the cafe a lot and, and have coffee over there, or it could have been a special experience at that cafe or a chat with Bill Boyer himself. They want to hear about it, and they play a role in your Colorado experience in one of two ways. You can just enter online, visit boyerscoffee.com backslash Colorado stories, or you can go on their Facebook page and tag us at Boyer's Coffee so that you can see your post. You have a chance to win a Colorado Crafted t-shirt. One winner will be chosen each week through the end of August. You can enter as many times as you like. Just go to boyerscoffee.com backslash Colorado stories. And of course, you can find Boyer's in your local grocery store or just order online. You can get the Rocky Mountain Thunder or you can get their flavored coffees as we talk about every week. We are big fans of the Colorado company, Boyer's Coffee. Well, Julie, we love Boyer's. And we love our good friends at Ideal Home Loans. They've been taking care of folks for almost 20 years now. Brett Ivinson's company. Locally owned and operated. I was on the phone for about 25 minutes this morning with uh, with Brett because I'm uh, redoing my loan. Interest rates are so friggin' good right now. You got to give them a call. So if you're consolidating debt, if you bought a new home, obviously, or if you're thinking about refinancing, give them a call at uh, 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. They have a professional team. They're, they're salary-based, so they're not, they're not on commission. They're, they're not going to try to sell you a product that doesn't work for you. They're going to listen, and then they're going to lend and help you get in the best possible position uh, moving forward. They have saved people thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars through the years. It's why they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Terrific team, terrific company that I've been proud to be involved with for a number of years. It's Ideal Home Loans, 303 303- Eight six seven seven thousand three zero three eight six seven seven thousand. They're an equal opportunity lender, regulated by Dora. The NLS is one three six seven five six. For terms and conditions, call eight four 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 five ideal. And every week they bring us our interview of the week. And as we embark on this uh, different odyssey in twenty twenty, we sit down today with the manager of the Rockies in his fourth year, Buddy Black. Buddy, the first question I'm going to ask you, forget baseball for a moment, which is hard to do at this juncture, but the last, you know, three, four months while we were all playing the waiting game in our respective roles to see when baseball came back, when you look back 10, 25 years from now, whatever it is, what will you remember most about what you did, what you accomplished, what that period of time of being idle was all about for you and and for Nan, for the family? Well, a a few things, Drew. I think, you know, I'll always remember, you know, the last couple days of of spring training in Arizona uh, where the uncertainty was uh, as high as I've seen it about what's going to happen. You know, we left, we left Scottsdale 
and you know we're thinking are we coming back in a week are we coming back in two weeks uh and i i that's, I, I remember everybody just saying hey we're going to be back and and as time went on you know it didn't happen and then it sort of went the other way like we're never going to come back you know once i got into late may end of june uh you know, I'll remember that, hey, we're not going to play in 2020. So just a wide range of, of 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 not knowing what this was all about is something I'll remember. Because, I mean, there were, like I said, Drew, there was a, you know, when we left spring training, we said, oh, we'll be back next week. You know, we'll be back in a couple weeks. And then in the June, it was like, hey, we're not going to play. We might not even play in 2021. I mean, just, a, you know, the wide-ranging emotions of, of how it related to, to baseball. And then on the other hand, the, you know, the, you know, the time at home, uh, you know, was, was different. It was a time where, you know, you know, it was, it was actually all right because we were, you know, we were together as a family in San Diego, young granddaughter, uh, you know, not a lot of baseball responsibility. Uh, you know, one of my daughters got, you know, uh, sort of furloughed, my other daughter was able to work from home, so we, we just sort of all were right there, and there was a lot of quality time together. When when you look back also and uh, and see over the last few months the the myriad, as you said, of not only emotions but but conjecture that was going on when it would start, if it would start, that sort of thing. Now that you're in the midst of it, now that you're on the on the cusp of, of playing real games, what is your confidence level and your optimism that, hey, uh, based on what I've seen, we're going to get through this? You know, when, when we got, you know, back up into Denver and players started uh, arriving, you know, I think all of our focus was just on baseball. I didn't let my mind wander to, you know, to, the, uh, to the concept that this is not going to happen. You know, we, we stayed focused. I stayed focused on this is going to happen. And I've always felt that. And now as we get closer and, and watching the players adhere to the guidelines, watching the, the coaches, the organization, what I'm hearing from other organizations, their, uh, you know, their compliance, uh, I, I think we can pull this off. I really do. Sort of watching the NBA and what they're doing down in Florida. Uh, you know, they're getting closer. It seems like that's going to happen. So it, it truly is about – you know, everybody doing the right thing uh, as far as the health and safety protocols. And I think it can happen. I mean, there's just been so much buy-in from, you know, everybody who has to make this work, from hotels, airlines, uh, you know, ballparks and the, the people who work at the ballparks. There's just, uh, you know, just a tremendous amount of buy-in and uh you know, a closeness of, of everybody having to do the right thing that I think we, I think it's going to happen. And that, that's interesting because whenever you get a, a large group of people together, you're, you're going to have diverse opinions and diverse thoughts, especially we've seen that in how people deal with this virus um, from afar. And you're, you're at ground zero. I'm, you know, looking from 10,000, you know, feet above. But it does seem like there's been tremendous buy-in, not like guys have become cavalier with wearing their masks or cavalier about social distancing. Uh, it, it almost seems that in your world, the baseball world, uh, you guys are doing it better than than 
anywhere else. I mean, whether it's the, the supermarket or just walking down the street, I mean, people are really, uh, your guys are really taking good care of, of each other, if you would. Yeah, no, Drew, there's no doubt about it. Uh, that was well said. I, I just, you know, inside, you know, this, uh, this circle of, of baseball, uh, God, I've, I've, I've been really impressed and I've said it publicly about uh, how proud I am of the Rockies and our organization and our players and our coaches. And I'll tell you what, our medical team has done a really good job of like laying down the law. Uh, you know, you know, Keith Duggar, you know, Doogie, uh, Tom Probst, uh, you know, all our guys, man, they are on it. And, you know, when, and I would like to think that, you know, all 29 other clubs are doing the same thing with, with their guys. And, and Drew, you know, players, you've been in sports and athletics that, uh, you know, uh, you know, players sort of want to be told what to do. You know, they want to know what time the uh, the bus is. They want to know what time batting practice is. They want to know what time they have to stretch. You know, what time's the game? I mean, they they like structure. And when when they're told to do something, they, you know, for the most part, players do it. You know, they've been sort of raised that way from the time they were kids to even to where they are now. I mean, they're they listen, and it's been really really cool to witness. How about this? It, the oddity of what we're all going through, you now have whatever you want to call it, spring training 2.0, summer camp. As you assess your club for the second time, buddy, in preparation for playing real games, how does it differ, if at all, from what your early assessments were in mid-March? Well, uh, you know, not a lot. You know, I, I still like to think that, you know, our group of players – you know, can't perform to the level that we did in 17 and 18, and that 19 was just a tough year all the way around, uh, especially on the pitching side. Uh, you know, I've been I've been really impressed with the position players' readiness, uh, Drew. How the guys came in, uh, you know, their physical uh, their physical state, their mental state. Uh, you know how they how they were moving. Uh, you know, once they got on the field, just their, you know, their ground ball practice, their, their work in the outfield, how the catchers were, and even with the bats. So I'm, I've been impressed at, uh, you know, how in, in great shape and baseball ready they are. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about that and hope that it carries over, you know, when we start on Friday and throughout the year. And the pitchers have done a nice job too. It's hard, uh, you know, just to throw bullpens for three months. Uh, but, you know, overall the stuff is good. You look at Marquez and John and Freeland and, you know, a couple of the relievers. I mean, their fastball velocities are fine. Uh, you know, just the repetitions of really getting their stuff sharp is, you know, uh, a question mark. And I worry about that. I, you know, you know, all coaches and managers worry about the pitching and, and how that's going to be initially, but you know, I've I've been really happy with the group and how they're doing. Uh, you know, again, we're, you know, the bullpen's going to have to be critical here the first couple of weeks once we until we build the starters pitch count up where they can go a little deeper in games. But but overall, man, the, the guys have been really really good as far as you know what's been what's been needed on the baseball field. You and I have had many conversations over the years, and, and individually, I'm, I'm huge on chip on, sh- on the shoulder guy, guy who has something to prove. And, and collectively, um, we were discussing this in, in March, that, that this team collectively wants to prove to not only themselves, but Major League Baseball and the fans that, that 2019, as, as you pointed out, was an aberration. 
and that they're a playoff team. From afar, again, buddy, it seems like that attitude they possessed in February and early March it exists again now, and they have that same commitment. Is that, is that an accurate description? That's fair. I think, you know, all players have a lot of pride, and I think, you know, especially on the pitching side that, uh, you know, guys want to show, you know, their true colors and what they really are as far as big league pitchers. And I think position player-wise, it, it was a little variable last year, right? We had some great uh, streaks of offense, and we had some downtime. So, like any season, man, the consistency is so important. Uh, you know, that has to be there. But but overall, I think, you know, this team realizes they're, they're a good team. And, you know, even in 17 and 18, uh, you know, we didn't get a, a, a lot of national recognition for being a playoff team. And last year, uh, it was tough, right? And, and now we're, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, forgotten story. But, you know, our guys hopefully uh, – and I know the coaches and the players and I are talking about it, can can bounce back and, and be the team that we think we can be. One of, one of your many challenges each year as a manager, um, you know, how, how you work your roster and, and how you ride out slumps and that sort of thing. And, and this is an obvious one. Now, instead of 162, where you can exhibit patience with players because you, better than anybody, having played for so long and coach and managed for so long, understand the length of a 162 game season that's that's out the window so how much thought have you given to okay you know I have a reliever who's struggling a little bit or I have a, a position player who's struggling a little bit and in the past I'd ride it out but I don't have that luxury right now how, how frequently are, are you working that through your mind yeah that's that's right there at the front that's a, and that's really a common you know question amongst uh you know, the media and, you know, when we start talking baseball, that's true of all managers. I think there has to be that, you know, the, the timing of, of when to, you know, take a guy out of the lineup for a few days, uh, you know, when to, you know, maybe switch up your bullpen roles, all those things, you know, are going to come into play right, uh, right away, right? You, you can't afford to give, you know, a position player out of the shoot, you know, 110, 120 at bats. You know, a month basically to, to get it going. You know, a guy will have a bad month in a, in a six month season and all of a sudden, uh, you know, he has, he has five solid months and he ends up hitting, you know, 290, 300 and, you know, normal numbers where at the start of the year it didn't look like that. But it's hard to ride that out now, you know, with pitchers with, you know, anywhere from 11 or 12 starts, you know, bullpen guys, you know, who are going to get, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 appearances. It's, I mean, you, you really got to have that that right instinct, that right touch to know uh, the trend of a player, you know, whether he's about to get hot, whether he's about to get cold, uh, how a pitcher's throwing, you know, whether he's, whether he's throwing, whether he's throwing the ball well and just catching bad breaks and, and sort of vice versa. I mean, is he, is he throwing performance wise good, but getting real lucky, right? And it's just a matter of time uh, before he goes the other way. So, uh, you know, these are all things that we've talked about. And I think, you know, the coaches and I, and you know, obviously, especially me, who, who makes the ultimate decision, has to be, you know, on point on that. Are, are there certain guys, obvious ones, that you just will not take out of the lineup unless they absolutely have to come out? And, and, and you know, talking about Nolan and, and Trevor specifically um, because of of who they are and also how they're how they're constituted. They don't want to come out, period. But you don't have the luxury of giving them a day here and a day there as you would ordinarily. Yeah, there, I mean, you know, the, 
you know, I'd like to think that those are the guys who are going to play, you know, potentially every game if possible. There's a, if you look at the schedule, Drew, there's one stretch in, in August. Yep. That, that, I mean, we play, I think we have one off day the whole month. So that, you know, a, a day off from starting might necessitate, you know, reality to, to make that happen. Uh, just to give them a blow if, if you need it. I mean, they play so hard and, you know, just, you know, the physical part of it and the mental part of it, you know, sometimes they just need a break and, and, and it's just 24 hours is needed. So, uh, we'll look at that. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to think if everybody stays healthy and can do what they do, I mean, there's, there's going to be a, you know, a few guys who are, you know, everyday players. And I think, you know, McMahon's getting to that point. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd love to think that David Dahl can, can ride it out and play a lot, you know, with his talent. I know that's, that's his goal. You know, he, that's something that he, he wants to prove, um, when you, when we talk about guys wanting to prove things. So, but, you know, it's, you know, you get into August, Drew, and it's hot. And, and I think, you know, just thinking out loud here, you know, just the, you know, the, the importance of each and every game and the mental grind that is on guys, you know, a day off might be good. And I feel as though we're probably, uh, you know, depth-wise, we're in a, in a good a spot as we've been in, in my tenure here as far as guys coming off the bench, you know, when you when you think about the potential of Hilliard and Tapia and, and uh, Kemp and Hanson and Owings. You know, these guys are really, are really uh, you know, nice big league players who can, who can fill in and do some things. So, uh, I mean, but as you know, Drew, I mean, each game sort of tells you something, and, it, and as each game rolls on, you get a collection of, of data and, and stuff that you, you always log. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play it as it goes. Matt Kemp is a guy you know because you managed him before. You competed against him for a number of years. He obviously has had an extraordinary career. What have you learned about, you know, Matt in the last couple of weeks about where he is, at least – Seemingly, he he's swinging the bat well. Can he be a, a re, the regular DH, or how, how will you utilize him? Well, that's that's a good question. I think you know the, you know he's one year removed from being a National League All Star. You know he was an All Star in 2018. You know 2019 was a rough year for him. You know didn't get a lot of at bats. A couple different teams. Uh, it was sort of a lost year. And again, speaking of pride and guys wanting to bounce back and. And, and prove something. I think he's right there at the top of the list. You know, I think right now, you know, the potential to Matt is, uh, with the DH is, is, is real, uh, especially against, you know, left-handed pitching. I think there's a force there. And if you look at, you know, some of the, the, the teams in our division and some of the teams that we're going to play, uh, the left-handed starter component, uh, especially the Dodgers, you know, uh, you know, good right-handed bats, you know, is going to come into play. And hopefully, he can he can contribute uh, in a big way uh, in a DH. I, I mean, it, we again, I think you want to have as many good players as possible. Uh, you know, Matt here in uh, spring training too has shown some has shown some things that uh, lead us to believe that he, you know, he can be, uh, you know, part of our offense. So we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, the DH, pinch hit at bat, occasional right field, uh, you know, get him part of the group, I think is something that uh, we're sort of looking at now. How pleased were you? And, and I'm sure you weren't surprised at all that, that Charlie rolled uh, in, uh, unfortunately had to be later than everybody else. And, 
you know, just starts throwing out uh, bombs right and left and, and quality bats in, in a in a short window. I would assume that that gives you great confidence. He'll be ready to go Friday. Um, yeah, that was that was really really uh, uh, wonderful for us coaches to see that. Right? I mean, the first half bat he hit a homer. Uh, you know, then he got a. Uh, I think the first half bat he got a base hit. Then the second half bat he got a homer. Then the next day he hit a homer off Stella. Uh, he was doing great. The thing about Chuck, I mean, you know, prior to him getting uh, getting the virus, you know, he was in Denver. Uh, he was working out. There was a there was a group of guys. Uh, uh, you know, there's like five six position players and eight or nine pitchers at Denver uh, working out on a regular basis. And Charlie looked great. He was moving well. Uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of live batting practice. It was all coach BP, but he was swinging great. Uh, and then he got sick and. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, knowing Chuck, uh, and you know him as, know him too, uh, he was staying ready as best he could even when he was down, right? So, uh, you know, we'll see these next couple of days where he is, but I'm encouraged. He'll be, I, I, he'll be on the roster, Drew. It really surprised me if he wasn't. You know, he'll play tonight, he'll play tomorrow. Uh, we have an off day Thursday, uh, we have an optional workout. I'm sure he'll be there to do some things to get ready for Friday, but, I suspect that Chuck uh, will be ready, and I think it will have all the confidence that you know he's going to be he's going to produce. It's so fun. I'm kind of chuckling to myself, uh, pardon the pun, because of all the people on your roster, and there's others that fall into this category. But the last guy I would worry about would be Charlie Blackman being ready. No doubt about it. As we're talking here, you know, I'm not sure when you're going to tape this, but he's probably doing something, uh, Drew, to get ready for Friday, right? Yeah, hotel room or something. Yeah, no, no question about it. Hey, I want, want to talk a little more specifically about the bullpen. It's always a, an evolving thing. You're a former pitcher. Um, the one thing about our great game that, that never changes, and you point this out on a frequent basis, the game, the sport, will always be about uh, the, the guys that, that take the hill and how well you pitch ultimately determines how well you do. Um, the, the bullpen has evolved. Um, what do you like about it most and what – and what guys potentially step forward into uh, a more magnified role uh, as you look at it at the beginning? Obviously, things change. We understand that. Yeah. Well, you know, we've we've uh, we've sort of realigned our bullpen, uh, you know, the, over the last few days. But I would really like to think uh, that Jairo Diaz, uh, Carlos Estevez, and and the newcomer Daniel Bards, uh, you know, those guys can really impact the game late <clears throat> you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need them we're gonna need them all but we're gonna need some quality innings in those games that we're ahead uh you know to nail those games down uh early, especially early and we're gonna need any of the bullpen so i think that those three guys can really uh have an impact i'd like to, it looks like drew we're going to be without Oldberg maybe to start the year you know the back isn't just where it needs to be uh, but, you know, long-term, Oberg with that group, I think, are going to be productive uh, pitchers. And and obviously the wild card is Davis, where uh, we got a lot of faith in Wade to bounce back. Again, uh, one year removed from leading the National League in saves with 43, a, a Rockies record, uh, was a big part of our, our drive towards the, the playoffs in 18. We need Wade to bounce back and be a contributor. So it's going to take them all. Uh, but, you know, those guys are, 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 are critical. Uh, Tyler Kinley, uh, 
uh, new pitcher we got from the Marlins, I think, has a chance to to help us. Uh, James Pezos has a chance to, from the left side to to help us. Yancy Almonte, hope there's some growth there to get some outs. Uh, but, you know, I can go down the list. I mean, we're probably going to have, you know, 10 relievers uh, to start the year. We're going to have a couple starters out in the bullpen, and Jim Gonzalez and Hoffman, they, you know, they got to play a role if they need to pitch some long innings. So uh, it's going to take them all. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. I know you were excited about where Senza was back in February and early March. Again, I understand it's brief, but what have you seen uh, over these last couple of weeks with not only Senza, but but as you formulate the back end of your rotation? Well, with, with Senza, I, I think there's been an improvement in the secondary pitches. The you know the slider and the curveball have been have been much better, and we saw that the the last part of September when you know when Senza got his last few starts in of 19. You know he's he's lost some weight. He's, the body's moving better. He's cleaned up his delivery to a more consistent, repeatable delivery. Uh, you know, velocity's up a tick from last year. It's, you know, it should be 93, 94, 95, 96, you know, pretty consistently, which is, you know, above major league average. And the, and the secondary pitches are better. Uh, so I think he's confident in, in his pitch mix. Uh, it's, it's looking good, uh, as far as, you know, the, the overall complete pitcher. And the and the and the thing that you know we love is that you know this guy's a this guy's a killer. You know this guy competes as hard as anybody. Loves to win. You look at his minor league one loss record, where you know a lot of people don't look at that, right? A lot of statistical people don't look at that. But this guy was a big winner in the minors, and I think he's you know seven or eight games over five hundred in the big leagues. So this guy wins games. Hey, buddy. Overall. Um... What what's your win total in a, in a perfect world, and uh, how excited are you about this 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 different kind of challenge as a manager? I mean, you're so used to the again what we talked about earlier the the long season and, and getting through it, and now it's sixty games, and so so win total and and honestly your your excitement level uh, of going at this thing in a, in a two month journey. Well, uh, Drew, I mean, don't put me on the spot with a number of wins, but in a, okay. in, a in a big in a in a regular season, ninety wins uh, out of out of one hundred sixty out of one hundred sixty two games that uh, gets you into the playoffs. Uh, so we can we can do the we can do the ratios there. Right. And let's think about that number. Okay. Uh, I'll do that math for you. The two points. Yeah, you can do that math real quick. You can uh, get that high school uh, ratio. Uh, Table out, but uh, you know, with, you know, with the DH, the three, uh, the three batter minimum, the sixty game season, it's gonna, it's going to be different. Uh, but I think we're looking forward to it as a coaching staff. I'm looking forward to it. I think even the organization is, you know, with with Jeff and his guys, uh, you know, works out. And the players are too. A player, uh, you know, players love to play. You know, that's how they're wired. You know, they they want to they want to play. They want to compete. Uh, you know, the, the thing that's going to be weird is that, you know, most players, you know, the majority of players like, uh, you know, like the stage, you know, and the bigger the stage, the better. Uh, you know, this is going to be different without a live audience, right? Uh, you know, whether, you know, guys, there's certain guys who are, are wired to play well in, you know, the, the lights of New York City or, you know, a sold out place in Coors Field, you know, guys thrive on that. It helps them. So that will be a little bit of a challenge for the guys, but, but guys also know that, 
you know, they turn on that television in their hotel room or home, and they know that millions of people are watching, you know, especially now with the, with the pandemic that a lot of people are inside and they're watching TV and they want live sports. So they know they're being watched. And, you know, these and these stats count on the back of the baseball card and, and baseball reference and, uh, and their legacy. So, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be good baseball. Yeah, it's going to be fun, buddy. As always, uh, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, we're excited about uh, getting going on our end. And uh, I, I do think uh, this club has the ability uh, to, to surprise a lot of folks. There's a lot of talent that you, uh, that you have to work with. So as always, man, best of luck. Thanks, Drew. And I uh, look forward to seeing you whenever that is, pal. Yeah, I'll, I'll wave to you from afar. Got it. That interview, as always, brought to you by Ideal Home Loans. Great to have Buddy Black, the manager of the Colorado Rockies, on right before the season starts. One of the things I think Rockies fans want to know might be a eh, a little sigh of relief. It's been a a tough time for Jake McGee and Brian Shaw. And, of course, the Rockies, uh, they are no longer on the team. The Rockies waived both players. So that means who's going to take their place? What does the bullpen look like? And, and we heard somebody's thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, Brian Shaw has always been a workhorse, and maybe that's one of the reasons he, he's declined a little bit. Uh, I know it was frustrating for him that he was never able to to live up to what he did in Cleveland, in Denver, though. You know, he never shied away from taking the baseball. He, he had a situation, Julie, where if he made, I think it was 15 or 17 appearances uh, for the Rockies, and he's got – you know, a rubber arm. He, if he's down there, he's going to make those appearances. Then his contract for next year um, would fully vest at $9 million. So that wasn't going to happen. So that one was pretty obvious. And, and it was a similar situation for, um, uh, for Jake McGee, though. Jake uh, had to make more appearances. They'd kind of fallen back a little bit in the pecking order. So ultimately it made a lot of sense. You heard Buddy a few minutes ago. He he talked about Carlos Estevez, Jairo Diaz, uh, ready to take that next step in what is still relatively uh, young careers for them. And they're going to need those guys to be good in important innings, in high leverage innings. And the other guy who may be, Julie, the best story in all of baseball this year, especially if he has success, is Daniel Bard. This is a guy that has not pitched in the big league since 2013. And it was just for a minute in 2013, 2012, a a couple handfuls of appearances. The last time he was a regular in a bullpen was in Boston when he was dominant in 2011. Julie, that's almost a decade ago. And he had the yips. He's honest about it. He was working with the Diamondbacks the last couple of years and, and, one of the things he was doing was helping with young players um, from a mental standpoint, a, a mental skill standpoint. And finally, he was able to apply all of that wisdom that he was imparting to himself. And lo and behold, he's dealing again. He was impressive back in March. He picked up where he left off uh, with this summer camp the last couple of weeks. It is a wonderful story, and it's one we'll we'll talk a great deal about. And Buddy has confidence in him, not just that he's part of the team and, oh, they'll use him in a mop-up situation. He has expectations of him throwing high-leverage innings right now based on what he's witnessed. God, I love that story because, as you know, I think getting over issues like that, not a lot of people get over that that kind of stuff when it gets to that level. 
Um, that is an awesome story. So I think all Colorado Rockies fans and all baseball fans should be watching him and rooting for him. Did want to mention at this point, Scott Oberg has a strained back right now. So should we expect to see him coming up this weekend against the Rangers? No, I mean, Buddy said that they're not going to see, uh, see Scott uh, initially. And that's, that's a big omission because Wade Davis is coming off a rough year. Buddy has a lot of confidence in him. Uh, Wade's had a marvelous career, led the National League in saves with the Rockies a couple of years ago, but he has to bounce back. And one of the central uh, themes uh, of our conversation and really for any manager this year is how quickly they, you know, move on from players or take ask a player to take a step back, whether it's a bullpen piece or a position player if they are slumping because you don't have the luxury of waiting two or three weeks when a guy is is riding out a, a slump. It's just impossible when you're only playing 60 games. So if Wade were to get out of the gate slowly, you would naturally turn to Scott Ober, but he's not available, which puts even more emphasis, if, if, if he were to falter, on some of those uh, aforementioned guys like Estevez and Jairo Diaz and, and and maybe even Daniel Bard. Are you nervous, excited, can't wait? What are your feelings for Friday? Probably all of the above. I, I'm not nervous because I realize I have zero to do with, uh, you know, the outcome on the field. Uh, if you ask me where my concerns lie, it's what we're talking about. I, I think the front of the rotation will be good. We've said many times, I expect Kyle Freeland to bounce back, maybe not to the level he was two years ago, but I expect him to be darn solid. Um, I, I think Marquez, we talked about him as a chance uh, to be really special. John Gray will continue to build on what he's done already. Um, but so much will be, so much of this rocky 60 game season, I think uh, the success will lie in how well that bullpen uh, comes together. And, and that's not atypical, even in over 162 games. But I think that would be my number one area of concern. I, th- I think this offense is going to be fun to watch. I, I think the rotation will hold up. It's going to be all about the extra arms down there and the depth of the extra arms. Well, you know what? Coming up on our next podcast, we are actually going to be talking about games which I'm so excited about. I'm so excited. Um, If I can't see you in person, at least I can see you on TV. So I'm looking forward to the games starting up on Friday. So I will reach out to the powers that be and say, hey, listen, um, you know, Julie would like to see me on camera (laughs) more. Um, So can we build that into the, you know, I'll probably get a lot of pushback. I think you will. Drew, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Super excited that baseball's back. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And and I know uh, a ton of fans have been chomping it hit the bit to watch something that actually happened this century. So on Friday night, the Rockies down at uh, Globe Life Stadium, the brand new ballpark for the uh, Texas Rangers. It'll be a blast. Julie, have a great week and y'all have a great week. Stay safe. fans. It's your morning out of the park with Boyer's Coffee. Proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. Boyer's Coffee has been roasted at altitude in Denver for over 50 years and is delivered fresh to your local grocery store each week. Cheers to the home team.